They said it wasn't humanly possible. All the power and excitement of Nintendo right in the palm of your hand. Introducing Game Boy. It's portable. It's in stereo. And its games are interchangeable. Game Boy comes complete with batteries and the outrageous new game Tetris. And for head-to-head -head competition, use video link and blow your opponent away. Game Boy. Only from Nintendo. Now you're playing with power. Portable power. Just picture yourself in the back seat of your parents' car. You're driving down the road, maybe going yard sale to yard sale like I did as a kid. Thing about the 90s, yard sales and flea markets were booming, and kids were being dragged all over the country. Booth to booth, house to house, driveway to driveway. Man, that was hard being a kid and sitting in the car in the hot sun. Yeah. On a warm July day. Had something to occupy your time. We had something to keep you company. Nintendo's Game Boy. I remember sitting in the back of the car and playing Link's Awakening, Zelda, the first Zelda title for Game Boy. And uh, man, it can made the pet time go by. And all of a sudden, I didn't mind going to yard sale to yard sale anymore. Uh, I had the power in my hands. The power, oh, Nintendo yeah. power. <laughs> So welcome to the Nostalgic 90s Podcast. Me and John are on here tonight, and we're going to talk about the Nintendo Game Boy. How's it going, John? It's going good, man. How about yourself? Oh, pretty good. Been a busy man. Went camping last weekend, and I got my tent out today, and I've been working on it and working on Yak Legion stuff. Uh, a lot of people listen. Um, they're coming over here from Yak Legion to the nostalgic 90s. You know, They all know that I do podcasting for Yak Legion and the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. And now the nostalgic 90s podcast. <laughs> so, man, I'm a busy man. I'm always podcasting. I'm always fishing. I'm always doing something, man. And uh, trying to work and, and uh, be there for my family at the same time. <laughs> I know the feeling there, man. Everybody's busy right now. Finally, the country's opening back up, and people are allowed to go back to work. It's it's a it's a good time, for the most part. You know, there's other stuff going on right now that's not not so great. But we want to talk about the things that are great. So, oh, 100 percent. A lot of riots going on. A lot of bad things with COVID nineteen, and let's all forget about that right now. And let's reminisce to the good old days back when we were kids. Back when, we were in the back, <laughs> sorry. back when we were in the back of the pickup truck or the back of your uh, back seat of your mom's car, driving to the grocery store, playing Link's Awakening on your Game Boy. Uh, nothing better than that, man. <laughs> what are some of your memories, John, of, of your Game Boy? Uh, well, my dad was in the Navy, so we would go from place to place to place all the time. My dad would go out on a ship, and we would have to go. We'd have to, like, get sent back to Ohio to stay with uh, family sometimes and so that Game Boy basically saved my life because you talk about being in a car crammed in a car for like six days that shit is rough we'd go we'd be, we'd be there and then we'd go stay at a hotel or we'd you know whatever because my mom she didn't like to drive at night and you know she only drive a certain amount of hours and she didn't want to be in, you know, California or Texas or Colorado or whatever city we were living in at the time. And uh, so she'd come back home to Ohio and uh, I'd play that thing in the back of the car under a flashlight or, 
you know, they uh, always told us whenever we were growing up, I don't know if your your parents did the same shit to you, but they always told you that turning on the uh, turning on the light on the top of the car is illegal. Yeah. Did they ever <laughs> tell you that? Yeah. Well, uh, it's not. So that's, yeah. Took me, uh, took me a long time to figure that out. But that's not illegal. <laughs> <laughs> it's distracting to the driver, though. I understand that. It's but distracting to the driver, yeah. It was great, man. It was the first action, the first portable system that didn't suck. A lot of portable games came out through the '80s, and uh, we even had like pong and uh, soccer and football uh, in the '70s. You know, you had the little handheld games. They've really come. A- long way and of course in the 90s you saw uh, tiger electronics and you know piece of crap uh <laughs> handheld games like that but then you had the game boy and that was quality game uh, i mean quality games for this system and uh man it was it was a lot of fun for all of us as a kid you know the game boy came out in 1989 and it was manufactured of course by a nintendo it was the first uh, handheld game in the Game Boy family, and it was released in Japan on April twenty-one, April the April twenty-first, nineteen eighty-nine. Then North America three months later, and then lastly in Europe over a year later. So uh, it was developed by the same team that developed the Game and Watch and several other Nintendo Entertainment System games. Um, Nintendo's second-hand system game console, the Game Boy, combines features from both the NES home system and the Game & Watch hardware. The console features a dull green dot matrix screen with adjustable contracts, contrast dial, five control buttons, a directional pad, two game, uh, game buttons, a start and select, a single speaker with adjustable volume dial, and like its rivals, uses cartridges as physical media for games. So basically, you had two tones of gray with a tone of black and a green. <laughs> yeah, not much color, but it's like the original NES. There wasn't much color there either. Uh, Cost eighty nine ninety nine was MSRP whenever they got it, which would be it said. Uh, I think I found it said one hundred and sixty nine seventy three today, which is not. I mean, it was high tech technology for its time. I mean, now nowadays you can't get any good kind of handheld system for under two hundred. I mean, for sure, and they do a hell of a lot more too. Today. Oh, look at the Switch! I mean, the Switch is amazing, and they're re-releasing games from the Game Boy to the Switch, like Link's Awakening, Zelda Link's Awakening. They recently remade the game for Switch, and it's essentially the same game uh, with updated graphics. It's uh, uh, pretty amazing, man. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. But handheld systems, this handheld systems are amazing nowadays. You have a switch? Yeah, I got one. Yeah, yeah. I've been playing Sonic Mania Plus on it. Oh, uh, I've been playing it all night last night. Me and my wife have, and man, that game is awesome. <laughs> I actually got on there, and they have a Nintendo and a Super Nintendo, and you can download. Uh, Basically, I think it's like 30 games or more of each. You get to basically download a mini system and you can play all the original, well, not all of them, but I mean 30, 40 games each of the uh, original Nintendo and Super Nintendo games. I thought that was really cool. And it's free. It's wow. free as long as you've got the, uh, I don't know, it's like 6 $7 a month thing. Yeah. 
Well, that's amazing. I have uh, the Nintendo NES Mini and the Nintendo SNES Mini, and oh, yeah. I play I play those quite a bit. We'll have a family retro game night, and that's when when we usually break out the uh, either the NES or the SNES Minis. Oh yeah. But back to the Game Boy. My fondest memories were the Game Boy Color. And that was manufactured by Nintendo and was released in Japan on October 21st, 1998, and to international markets that November. And it is the uh, successor to the original Game Boy and is part of the Game Boy family. So we had colors now, man. We, we went from that green screen, and we finally had dull blues, yellows, reds, whites. Still <laughs> had a bad light, though. What is it? I said, still no backlight, though. Yeah, no backlight, unfortunately. Um, of course, you get accessories. They made 100 accessories for the Game Boy. <laughs> Over 100? Well, yeah, probably close to it, man. I had, uh, what wow. was it, the magnifying glass. Then I had yeah. the dual speakers that came with it. And then they had another thing that you could put over the buttons, and it gave you, it turned your uh, D-pad into a joystick. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they had all kinds of stuff. The Game Boy camera, the Game Boy camera printer, the linked cable. Everybody remembers playing Pokemon and battling your friends with the linked cable. Yeah. Uh, a lot of great memories. I remember I <laughs> traded my, uh, I remember you could trade a, what was it? You could trade a Pikachu. You had to trade the Pikachu and then have somebody else uh, evolve it. And then they could trade it back to you because the Pikachu wouldn't evolve. You could not evolve your Pikachu if you chose Pikachu to be your first one. So I traded it to my brother and the motherfucker stole it. <laughs> and that was, yeah, that was, that's, that's my most aggravated moment uh, with the Game Boy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Me and my cousin Josh, uh, I remember when Red and Blue came out. Uh, that's another topic I wanted to talk about. Also, red and blue, we had a lot of great memories with that. And to get all the starters, you would have to have one of your friends start a new game, and then he would get Bulbasaur, and he would trade you Bulbasaur for a Pidgey. And then uh, then he would have to restart another game, get Charizard, and then trade Charizard. And you'd have to keep doing this Do you have duplicates of each Pokemon. So uh, you would have one player in the main game that the uh, the player that keeps restarting um, given these Pokemon to, and then you both, when you're done and you're starting a new game, you each have all three starters. And that's what we had to do with Pokemon Red and Blue. If you wanted to get Bulbasaur, Charizard, and Blastoise to complete your 150 Pokemon or 151 Pokemon, because you can get Mew through the Game Shark. Yeah. And, uh, that's what you had to do, man. I mean, we <laughs> we we did. I remember starting out with all the starters and just flew through the game because when you have all the starters in the beginning, you're basically invincible to the first few uh, gems. <laughs> I had a lot of great memories with it, man. Especially me and my cousin Josh playing Pokemon, and we'd battle each other and unlock everything. I think I had all 151 Pokemon too. <laughs> It was I don't great. think I ever caught everything, but I, that little trick—the trick you just said—I didn't know that. I never thought about that. Yeah, I didn't have smart friends apparently because we never we never came up with that one. Yeah, that's how you get all three starters. And then getting Mew, you have to use the Game Shark, of course. Now there was yeah. a contest in Japan, 
And um, I can't remember exactly what happened, but that's how they acquired Mew. So it, the Mew was coding is in the game. You just have to unlock it over here in North America with the Game Shark. And of course, once you unlock it, you go outside of Misty's gym. I can't remember the name of that town. You walk up to the bridge and start walking through the grass, and then Mew will pop up in a random encounter. And of course, you got to catch him. And Mew was awesome. I remember my team was Mewtwo, Mew, uh, Blastoise. Uh, Charizard, Venusaur, and then I had one of the legendary birds. I kept swapping them out whenever I needed another. But uh, I remember my ultimate team of Pokemon <laughs> back when I was, you know, a little kid. <laughs> was it Vermilion City that she lived in? I'm thinking so. Yeah, it was the water gym. Uh, Misty and her three sisters in the, in, the, in the cartoon. I remember she had sisters in the cartoon, but she never had them. I don't think they showed up in the original games. I'm trying to like look it up. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to. I'm trying to look it up, but I'm also trying to guess. But I can't find it. You know what? Unimportant. <laughs> so Pokemon Red and Blue, uh, they were developed by Game Freak and published by Nintendo for the Game Boy. They are the first installments of the Pokemon video game series. They were first released in Japan in 1996 as Pocket Monsters Red and Pocket Monsters Green. With the a special edition Pocket Monsters Blue being released in Japan later that year. Uh, the game were later received as Pokemon Red and Blue in North America and Australia in 1998 and in Europe in 1999. So it seems like Europe's always the last, <laughs> the last to get this stuff. Uh, Pokemon okay. Yellow came out. That was a special edition. It was released in Japan in 1998 and to other regions in 99 and 2000. That was the one I had. I had Yellow. Yeah, I got, I came to the Pokemon game like late because I always felt too old. But like all the friends in the neighborhood that I lived in, like were just a couple years, like two years younger than me at least. Yeah, and so everything that they did, I always felt like I was like, oh man, I can't, you know, I don't really want to do that because that kind of seems young. But as soon as I fell into it, I mean, like that that day. The, the day I got, like, somebody gave me a couple cards for free, and it was like I had to talk my mom into getting me everything. I don't know what it was. I think it was just, you know, you find something cool. But I had to go down, and that was whenever I got the game. And I remember I had, I mean, I had a stack of games from the original Game Boy. I had given it to my uh, younger brother at that point. Like I said, the fucker stole everything. So I lost my original Game Boy to him. And I ended up getting a red Game Boy Color. And I had probably 10, 15 games from my original Game Boy just laying around. And <laughs> I remember the only thing I played for probably, gosh, year and a half, two years was Pokemon Yellow. I mean, it, when, by the time I took it out of the system, I distinctly remember it being so corroded, I had to, like, pull it out. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty hardcore, man. Pokemon Yellow was nice because you can get all the starters, the all the original starters, like through the game. Because you start off with Pikachu, then you can get like uh, Charmander, Squirtle, and Bulbasaur, like through the story. So it right. kind of made it easier for you guys. We had to work for it back in Red and Blue, man. <laughs> I didn't know there was a difference until you said it just now. So you're telling me that Yellow was like a special edition and that I was spoiled? Yeah, you started with Pikachu. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> it makes uh, 
Yeah, it makes Brock really hard to fight. Because I remember I played, I had Yellow too. And of course, Pikachu being electric type, and you face Brock, which is the first gym, which is usually yeah. pretty easy. And uh, he's really hard with Pikachu because electric just does not go with stone. I mean, it doesn't do anything to stone. And so, what you have to do, I think you have to use Quick Attack. And then get you a Pidgey. Uh, I think you can get a, a Tweedle. Uh, oh, shoot. A Tweedle. Um, and it's a couple bug-type Pokemon. Man, get you a full roaster, roster of Pokemon and battle them up. My pride's hurt a little bit now, to be honest with you. I don't know if I'm going to be able to recover from this. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah, the- red. I remember I had red and my cousin had blue. What did beat rock? I can't remember. There was rock. Was it water. or psych? Was it water? Yeah, water would. You'd have a hard time with Charmander too if you picked Charmander as your first uh, in the original red and blue, and you would have a hard time with him. Bulbasaur does pretty good against him, but uh, water. Starting off at that point in the game, they're weak. They're with water. Okay. I always like the rock type po- Pokemon. I'm uh, kind of disappointed they didn't really focus more effort into making them good. I always, for some reason, thought the golem was the was the coolest rock type. I don't oh, know why. Because oh, yeah. it reminded me of like a kind of a ninja turtle. Yeah, Onyx was pretty awesome too. I remember Onyx, fighting that. Onyx was badass. Yeah, hundred percent. Another game I really loved for Game Boy is the Final Fantasy series. And Final Fantasy Legend, this is part of the uh, Sagas um, series. Um, so I keep saying, oh, my God, stop that. So <laughs> Final Fantasy Legend was a cool series. There was one, two, and three. It was known in Japan as Maki Toshi Saga, a <laughs> warrior in the town of the demon world. So they had three of these, and it was actually the first RPG for the Game Boy. So pretty impressive stuff, man. I remember I had, um, I think it was Final Fantasy Legends 2 and 3. I never played the first one. Then I had Final Fantasy Adventures, and that was almost like a Zelda clone. And it was a lot of fun to play that one as well. Did you ever play any uh, play any of the Final Fantasy games for the Game Boy? I played them, uh, I played them later. I didn't, so they're not as nostalgic to me as they probably would be to you they're very great they're fantastic games but i just didn't play them whenever i was younger now after of course blue red yellow came out there's silver and gold and that was sort of the sequel to Pokemon. It was in another world. It was in a whole new starters. And I think at this point, I was becoming um, sort of a young teenager. And I was getting kind of too old for the Pokemon thing. I stopped playing the card game. I stopped playing the Game Boy. And I got my driver's license in a car at 16. And (laughs) I think I started chasing girls at that point. And I kind of left the Pokemon stuff behind. Is that when they added like a bunch of them? Yeah, there was like Maybe another 100, 150 Pokemon. To yeah, they, no, they did. It was probably like 200 some Pokemon all together now because a lot of the original Pokemon made an appearance in the second game, too. But then they had some weird ones, and that's when kind of like Pokemon, to me anyway, started kind of getting ridiculous. Yeah. I remember some of the Pokemon were just completely ridiculous. And then Crystal version, it kind of got more ridiculous to me. And then even the newer versions today, I mean, 
I just can't get into it anymore. I, I remember Pokemon as the 150, 151 Pokemon. There's only the game. In my book. That's the world I live in. <laughs> now, Donkey Kong had a great series of games on the Game Boy uh, that really pushed the graphics. And man, probably the best looking game on the Game Boy were the Donkey Kong Land series. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think a lot of people remember these with the yellow cartridges. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it was awesome, man. The graphics were really pushed. It was kind of different than Donkey Kong Country. I think they were their own stories, and it really, really was amazing. Yeah, Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Land, those were two. Uh, or Donkey Kong Land and Donkey Kong Land 2, those were two. Those were two that I had in my, like, original stack. You know? I had the first one. I know they came out with all three. Yeah, so I had three Donkey Kong lands. I had the first I one. Played three. Yeah, I never played three either. Uh, now, Super Mario Land games, I played quite a few of. The first one, of course, was I think that's one that came with the original Game Boy and uh, kind of sold the system, you can say. Yeah. You know, it was a system seller. Mario Land 2 was great because they really updated the graphics and it looks a lot more like Super, uh, Super Mario and SNES. Uh, yeah. Super version it really started looking more like that and of course it introduced another bad guy for mario besides bowser and wart you had wario was introduced and you had, yep. he took over mario's cap, uh, castle <clears throat> it was a cool game mario had different powers he fought enemies that were different you know you've never seen the same thing with mario land one and two um it's completely different enemies you didn't have the traditional mario enemies like you did on the consoles i mean they had some crazy stuff like you know mario went through egypt and flying a spaceship underwater and <laughs> bunny ears flying through the sky these games are awesome yeah. so yeah, they had a whole bunch of different powers man that was cool Super Mario 3, of course, was uh, Wario's Woods. Not Wario's Woods, but it was Wario Land. And uh, that was awesome, man. That was probably my favorite one in the series because, I don't know, the way he controlled Wario, like he does a bull rush and uh, some of his hats, like his hats are his different powers. I yep. remember one of them was like the bull head that shot the fire. And then you had the Viking helmet that you can, you know, attach yourself to the ceiling. Uh, it was pretty interesting stuff, man. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, Wario was trying to get the castle of his own. So you collect all these coins through the game. And it depends on how many coins you have at the end of the game would determine how what kind of castle Wario would have. So you could start off with a tree house or you could eventually collect all the coins and actually have a castle for Wario like he was trying to want all along after st <laughs> trying to steal Mario's in Super Mario Land 2. <laughs> yeah. I hope I didn't miss anything there. <laughs> you got it all, man. You ever play Wario Land 2? Uh, no, I have not, but I imagine it's awesome because Wario that Land 1 was pretty and it was that was that was the uh, that was a Game Boy Color release. I know Wario uh, Wario Land and the other two those were those were Game Boy, and uh, that was the last one of I think. I think three actually was released on. Uh, no, three was released on Game Boy Color also, but I think that came. Yeah, that was the last one of the '90s. Uh, Wario Land three came out in 2000. It was. Uh, I can't really remember a whole lot about it, but it's it's it was a lot. I remember like Wario Land the original. It just extended the story quite a bit, if I remember correctly. 
Yeah, hundred percent, man. I never played that game. I have to check it out. I was actually looking online today. I don't have my Game Boy or my Game Boy games anymore, but it's kind of looking around to see if I can't get any or maybe find some at the yard sale. I don't know where the games are, but I still have my Game Boy. I've got my I've got my Game Boy Color, uh, my original Game Boy. Like I said, I gave that to my little brother, and Lord only knows where that's at today just like my baseball cards and my original pokemon cards but uh my wife still has hers too she had that clear purple one yeah wow i think, I think everybody ended up everybody at least knew somebody who had a clear purple one which i honestly i thought the clear purple one was was pretty cool because it matched the uh remember you could get the extra controller for the nintendo 64 and it was clear purple also yeah so it looked that was a popular theme in the 90s. You had, you know, you had phones that were clear, and you could see all the workings inside, and cartridges to Game Boy games that were clear, and controllers that were clear, so you can actually see all the workings, the wirings, <laughs> all that stuff. It was definitely a trend back then. You know, another game I'm really fond of from the Game Boy series was The Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages and then the Oracle of Seasons games. And I think I had Seasons you can actually change the seasons. They had summer, spring, um, summer, spring, winter, and fall. And you can transition between the seasons. And in different seasons, different areas were accessible. Uh, it was a lot of fun, man. I really enjoyed that game. Of course, it's doesn't hold a candle to Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening yeah. was awesome. I think I played Link's Awakening all the way from Texas to Ohio and back. Yeah. And that was it's just... The other ones couldn't keep my attention like that game could. It was the first Zelda that took place outside of Hyrule. There was no Princess Zelda. Uh, Link is out in the seas, and he's battling a storm in a ship, and a storm takes him down, and he wakes up on an island, and there's a big egg on top of a mountain where the windfish lives. And uh, it's a whole different experience. It's a whole different story. Uh, they were actually developing uh, a Link to the Past for the Game Boy and uh, ended up with this result. And it's the only Zelda, too, where you can actually buy You see Yoshi, there's Goombas, um, <laughs> there's Koopas in it and stuff. And there's also a statue of Wart from um, Super Mario 2, which is pretty cool. Oh, that is cool. I didn't know they linked it in that way. Oh, yeah. Well, Link's Awakening is about uh, dreams. And um, I keep saying, <clears throat> and then what is it? Super Mario 2 is about a dream as well. Because at the end of the game, Mario wakes up and he realizes everything was a dream. So anytime Wart makes an appearance in the uh, Nintendo franchise, it's always has something to do with dreams. That's right. kind of something interesting to talk to think about. You know what I mean? Like, what's the meaning behind all that? <laughs> well, I was never good enough at video games whenever I was that age to ever finish one. So, so I never got to see the end of this shit. <laughs> I did finish quite a few games, not to brag, but uh, yeah, I was pretty awesome with the Game Boy. <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of people who were. That was just... It's like I, I would... Uh, I could live live and breathe it, and I just, for some reason, you know, when when pen touches paper, so to speak, the masterpiece was not so clear. Yes, sir. Now, Godzilla, I remember I had that game for Game Boy, and 
Man, I remember the angry video game nerd in his Godzilla episode. He actually put this game down, but I really enjoyed the the Godzilla game for Nintendo, uh, for the t- Nintendo Game Boy. I think I was the only one that liked it though. <laughs> Which, uh, <laughs> what Godzilla else. game was that? What year? It was just called Godzilla. I'm not exactly sure what the year of it was. Was it the? Uh, was it based on the Matthew Broderick movie, or was that? No, uh, no, no. It was based off a. Uh, the Japanese movie, real Godzilla, man. Okay, Godzilla, and they had like a little Ghidra in it, little Rodan, little Mothra, uh, right? Like all the um, the monsters from Godzilla were in it. Did you ever play uh, all the Foot Clan TMNT? Yes, that is an awesome game. That. Probably the best Ninja Turtles game for the Game Boy by far, hands down. That was Turtles in Time, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, But for the Game Boy, uh, Fall of the Foot Clan was freaking great. Gremlins 2. What about Gremlins 2? Did you ever play that? Uh, I played Gremlins 2 for the SNES, but never the Game Boy. I think it was almost pretty... I think it was pretty much the same thing. Um, I liked, uh, for just kind of off... Kilter games. I kind of like Gremlins 2 and Road Rash. Those were two of my big ones that I always just to kill a little bit of time I'd throw them in. And like Road Rash is just one of those mindless turn left, turn right kind of racing games. Um, oh, Road Rash was a lot of fun. Yeah, Road Rash is a lot of fun. Like, like, hell was that? Sorry, some. I think my cats are trying to break in this room or something. <laughs> Another game I was fond of was the Harvest Moon for, for Game Boy. And it was the Game Boy Color Harvest Moon. And I'm a big fan of that series. I played it for Super Nintendo. I played it for Nintendo 64. Back to Nature was my favorite for PlayStation 1. Um, Save the Homeland, which is my least favorite. Um trying to think a wonderful life is probably my second favorite of all time that came out for playstation 2 uh, i played a bunch of them uh harvest moon ds was really good too but the game boy version was cool they didn't have the marriage option in there usually you can get married and have kids and stuff in harvest moon they didn't have that but it was cool you could still run a farm have chickens cows grow crops and it was always fun growing different crops and you know, Harvest Moon is just a fun, busy work game. It seems like, you know, you're you're actually just doing chores, but there's something relaxing and soothing about just watering your turnips day to day. Yeah. <laughs> the same reason people left Farmville, I guess, when Farmville was big on Facebook, you know, years ago. That's funny. That was a, I, was, I was actually thinking about that about two or three days ago because uh, somebody was, uh, I was having a conversation with somebody about Animal Crossing and... They said, uh, "Yeah, it's sort of in a in a weird way, kind of like uh, Farmville." And I was like, "Man, that's I'm not that's something I haven't thought about in probably 10, 11 years now." This was before yeah. my daughter was born. Yeah, it's it's pretty old now, you know. Thinking back, I was on Facebook in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and two thousand ten. That's when, yeah, that's when Farmville was big and popular. That's Getting crazy. back to Game Boy, though, the Mega Man series came to Game Boy, and I remember yeah. those were pretty sweet. Mega Man was also always a favorite of mine. First time I ever uh, did any had any kind of played any kind of Mega Man game was that uh, 
was one of those Tiger Tiger Electronic games. And you know, those are all those are all the same fucking game. They yeah. just put different stickers on them and they they're different shapes on a different background. It's all the same shit though. But I remember I had a friend, his name was uh Richard something. I can't remember what his name was. But anyways, he's like, Oh yeah, I had that game on Game Boy. And I was like, it's it can't be this game. It's it it couldn't be as cool as this game because you know eight year old me was a fucking idiot, and uh, so he let me play it on his Game Boy. And I you know, just like many other things, I couldn't put the fucker down. I mean, I couldn't beat it, but I you know it was a great game. Hundred percent, man. I hadn't played that one. That's our What else we got, man? Those arm cannons uh, the truth. <laughs> Dragon Quest came out for the Game Boy, uh, along with Grand Theft Auto, the old Grand Theft Auto, the top-down ones. Uh, they came out for Game Boy. I remember playing those. That's been forever. DuckTales, Spy vs. Spy, Spider-Man, Batman. I had those games. Bubble Bobble, Treasure Isle was on there. Mm-hmm. Adventure Isle. Another one I loved uh, just as much as I did Game Boy. I was a uh, big fan of the Legend of the River King because, of course, everybody knows me. Love, I know I love to fish, and these games are cool because it was like Harvest Moon. It was made by the same company, Natsume, Natsumi, that makes the Harvest Moon games. But it was about fishing. Like you literally went to the creek, you ponds, lakes, rivers, and you went fishing, and it was really awesome. <laughs> never played a, I've never played a fishing game on a Game Boy. Is it? I mean, it, what's it like? What do you like? You said you just stroll down there and start fishing. Yeah, it's like a Harvest Moon. So you have a little character you run around. Uh, you get different poles, and you can upgrade to different uh, rods and reels. Uh, acquire different lures, and it had like a mini game. Like you would go find a spot, like on the side of the river, and you kind of ran around this map. And they had like, all these different places you could fish. And then once you cast it into the water, it would go into sort of a mini game where you can actually see your lure working through the water. And you can actually see the fish swimming around and attack your lure. And then it would go into another mini game to where you would reel in the fish. Oh, shit. That's cool. It's pretty, it pretty challenging. Uh, something that reminds me of that, too, we were talking about on our uh, nostalgic 90s pop culture group on Facebook. Guys, check it out if you're not if you're not already on there. Uh, we were talking about the uh, the old handheld uh, fishing game. It's a bass fishing game. Yeah, it's sort of like a Tiger Electronic game, but it was actually pretty sweet because it was a fishing pole. Well, it was like a reel attached to attached to this handheld device, and it showed you different positions on the lakes you can use. It showed you like what's in your tackle box, and you could pick different lures. And basically, you casted it by you know shaking the reel or actually making the casting motion. And then you reeled it in with the handles. And, uh, man, that was a lot of fun. I remember in the, sitting at yard sales in the back of the car playing that thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, that would uh, that had the motion sensor on it, too, didn't it? Yes, sir. Back yeah. we came out before all that, you know, you had motion sensors on oh, these handheld games. <laughs> I, know what you're ta- I know exactly what you're talking about. I had one, too. Those things that were too cool. A lot of good stuff. Now, speaking of the nostalgic 90s pop culture, we did a poll on there. And we're actually going to run this poll through the rest of the week, uh, probably through the next two weeks. And uh, our next episode, which we're going to be discussing Nickelodeon Snick 
episodes or the SNCC programming. And uh, we're going to go over the results of this poll. But as of right now, we did this poll this morning. Pokemon Red and Blue are winning by five votes. Uh, and then Super Mario Land, of course, we bundled it up to one, two, and three. They're in second place with four votes. Link's Awakening got two votes. Pokemon Gold and Silver got one. Tetris got one. Donkey Kong Country got one. And then the Final Fantasy Legend series is just the one I put on there. That's that's my one I voted, and that's got one. The Tetris, the Tetris one vote. That's me. I'll yeah. I'll, proudly, I'll proudly stand by Tetris. Oh yeah, man. Tetris was a staple of the Game Boy. I think it was a. Uh, um, sold with the console as well. Yeah, so the yeah. version where you got Tetris, and then they eventually did Super Mario Land. Yep, no shame. I'll stand by Tetris. <laughs> it's great, guys. Yeah, check out the Nostalgic '90s Pop Culture Group, man. We're always posting stuff, laughing, and having a good time on there, and sharing pictures of our collections, and talking about movies, music, and fashion and styles. For the 1990s, I think anybody listening to this podcast or would really enjoy that. Oh, definitely. We're a lot. Uh, I'm funnier online. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate everybody for listening tonight. I'm sure we're going to do more episodes about the Game Boy. There's a lot more to cover. Uh, I know we didn't really even get into the Game Boy camera. I had the Game Boy camera. I remember taking crappy pictures. Black I had and white the camera and the printer. You had the camera and the printer. I never had the printer. So was it like stickers or was it like actual paper? It was it was stickers. What it was, what happened was I, by the time I got it, I think it was 2001, 2002, and the camera, the, the novelty had already died. It was long <laughs> gone. So you could take and you would get this, um, you know, the uh, eight-year-old or however old we were, not eight, but like I think I was... 14 13 14 when i got it and uh 13 14 year olds in the 90s or early 2000s took pictures like 40 year old men take now you know your your face is real close to the camera you're under your chin just terrible so i think i probably just had a hundred stickers of myself looking like a dumbass stuck <laughs> all over things <laughs> Man, they were crappy quality, but, you know, no one had cell phones back then. We didn't have portable cameras and tape recorders like we do now, so that was awesome to us. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was like a step in the future. Like, what? You mean I have a, basically a... I mean, it's it was a, a shitty Polaroid with way more steps, but it was still fun. I think I paid, I think... Well, my mom bought it. I think I, I think it was like ten bucks by the time I got it because, like I said, the novelty for it had just worn out. Nobody wanted it because they knew it was crap. <laughs> you couldn't do anything with it, really. You just took a picture, and they had little options where you can add stickers onto it. What do you freaking do, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate everybody for listening to us tonight. Excuse the awkwardness, as me and John get used to working with each other. It's only our second episode. And I think I'm the awkwardness. <laughs> I am awkward. I'm tired, people. I'm. I'm. I've been at work and school for seven days straight. I'm dying over here. This is. This is. This is my relax. This is my relaxing. So. Oh yeah. Wait, time, no better though. way than to sit and talk about the 90s. <laughs> That's decade in the world.
Oh, yes, sir. Uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts. Go on there and give us five-star review if you're uh, if you're so kind. Uh, leave a review, and that really helps us. Uh, helps other people find the Nostalgic 90s podcast. Uh, so once you, we get our rating up with good reviews, and people will be able to see it. And that's what we want, man. We want you guys to come on and listen. That way we, we produce more content. We can do this every two weeks, uh, you know, whenever we can. Uh, we're both busy guys. I run the Yak Legion podcast and the Buckeye Kayak Fishing podcast. And, and so we're all busy guys. But, man, we love to get together and talk about the 90s. So there's a lot big, bigger things to come. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, have a good evening. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a good one. Down with Delta from the very start. I got the heart and smarts to play the part of Delta. To creep it through, it's been overhead too. Cause a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. So I stay on track, collect the facts. Never cut the slack, and I always watch my back for Jack. I'm the man with the plan, cause the power's in my head, and the power's in my hand. Zelda.